0: Greetings, grapple fans. It's time once more for another episode of. Let me tell you something's podcast series for 2019, the Meltzer Five Star Project. As myself, Lorca Mullen, and my co-host, Simon Cross, watch every match that we can find that Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has rated five stars or higher to try to critique, to try to understand, to come to a personal conclusion, and to see where fluctuating um, styles, influences, and tastes in wrestling have travelled over the past 35 years that Dave Meltzer has been rating matches, and we've been watching them. Uh, Well, I mean, we haven't been watching them for 35 years, but you go on, I'm saying. I was going to say, I'm
1: not going to lie for that long, so...
0: But Simon, we're back in comfortable territory for our uh, our latest episode, our our first one since our last debrief. Um, We've been pointing out, when we looked at our respective top 10s and top 5s, just how all-Japan-heavy they've become. And it might be another one if either of us ends up giving this one five stars. It's another tag team match between Mitsuhara Masawa and his protege, his padwan, Jonakiyama against the Holy Demon Army of Toshiaki Kawada and Akira Taue, And it's the final of the World's Strongest Tag League for 1996.
1: Which has some mental teams and people in it. Yeah, the like...
0: video that we got, we got a little pre... We got like a sort of summary of some of the more high-profile matches. It seems that it's like a premiership situation where everyone played each other twice.
1: Yeah. They, uh, I think they made a minor alteration. They changed it to two times each rather than one for mm. so this incarnation. Mm. Uh, it's just weird seeing Sabu obviously cock up.
0: Yes, with Gary Albright, who you imagine doesn't take kindly, especially when Sabu accidentally hits him instead of his mm. opponent with a moonsault.
1: <laughs> Gary just did. And the Patriot as well. It was just weird seeing the Patriot there. Yeah, um, the
0: Patriot team with Kent Kabashi, I think. In that yeah. One. Uh, yeah, you had the Patriot against Kabashi, you had Stan Hansen teaming up with the All-Japan equivalent of a young lion, really, in Takeo Amori. You can see um, him getting annoyed, like, oh, for fuck's sake, lad.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's also, um, is Kamala there under a yes. different name? That I is Kamala, isn't
0: it's, it? I don't know if it's the first Kamala, because there were two different Kamalas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that might be the second version of Kamala. Uh, teaming up with uh, Jun Izumida. Yeah. And uh, there's also uh, Steve Williams and Johnny Ace, who you've seen yeah. in this before.
1: Stan Hansen's there.
0: Yeah, I said already, Stan Hansen with Takeo Amore. Yeah. Um, and there's another team I can't think of off the top of my head. Yeah, they were all right. No, but this is the grand finale of the series. This will decide who wins the tournament overall. Yeah,
1: because it's like a playoff, because they've drew, they drew... Um, On points at the top of the table. So this is like. um... I
0: think it's that Masawa and Akiyama are on 17 points, and Kawada and Tawe are on 15 points.
1: I think they're on 17.
0: I think at the start they're on 15, because the idea is that if they win, then they have the better head to head record, and that means that they win the match over. They win the tournament overall. But if it ends in a time limit draw, or if Masawa and Akiyama win, then they win the tournament.
1: Okay. Either way, it's tight. It's tight at the top.
0: Yeah, and it's basically the biggest match of one of the biggest matches of the year for all Japan. Traditionally, uh, the the World's Strongest Tag League was often the biggest tour of the year, even more so than the Champion Carnival, their equivalent of the. Well, I say their equivalent of the G1 Climax. The G1 Climax was essentially New Japan's equivalent of the uh, Champion Carnival. And before then, there was the World League, back when Japan was starting under Ricky Dozan. Round Robins have been a a constant feature in Japanese wrestling since almost as long as there has been Japanese wrestling. And that's partially to do with the sumo culture. Everyone always says, why don't Americans have Round Robin tournaments in their promotions? Um, And they've had a couple. There was WCW's Future Shock. um, Yeah. TNA's Bound for Glory series. Oh, fuck that up. But in America, the, the round-robin tournament is not as culturally over-large. Um, l- l- Obviously, they because like, it's so large, they have their conferences, but they also yeah. have games outside of it. You know, In the NFL, you will play three other teams two times, home and away, but you'll mm-hmm. also play another seven or eight teams... Um, Maybe not seven or eight, but you you'll play another six. No, it's about that because it's um
1: sixteen games in a reg season. Yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, they'll they'll play ten games then with teams outside of their conference. So it's not a direct correlation. Whereas in Japan, in like sumo wrestling culture, which has existed for centuries, they would all compete against each other. Mm. So that's why culturally in Japan, the round robins always held more significance. And why it yeah. made more sense for them as a, a promotion, as promotions to do that, and also because of how J- Japanese wrestling is structured around specific tours. So yeah. it's not like a weekly product; it's a, it's not an ongoing product. It's a ten day, twenty day, whatever it is, run around the the country or a specific region. Mm-hmm. And so you theme those tours, and so it makes a lot of sense to theme a tour around a tournament. Yeah, and And Americans
1: sort of um, approach tournaments very differently. Anyway, is in they don't really like care until the playoffs kick in. Yeah,
0: Um, and it's also so much of it's about single elimination tournaments or seven series. When yeah, they love
1: they love
0: those. They love straight
1: elimination. It's just. just,
0: But it's because they can't really do the the league situation of everyone plays each other twice. Because just mm. the travel would be insane. So it makes sense. They essentially pull together both forms, the round robin and the knockout tournament with the playoffs. Yeah. And they allow it because it's over a number of games and there's less of a sense of, well, it's just someone fluking it over one game.
1: Yeah. And it's a better... If you're crafting somewhere something from scratch, you could argue it's a better entertainment product as mm. well.
0: But anyway, that's been our little uh, me- meander preamble. Or pre-mamble. I don't know. Um,
1: Remember and, number
0: five. Yes, and we're now going to talk about this misawa Kawada, uh, Masawa Akiyama Kawada Tawei match, the third match with Misawa and Akiyama as a team, and the second one where they took on Kawada and Tawei. Mm. Uh, I think you gave the previous one five stars, didn't you, Simon? I did yes, you did. Um, I'll say straight away, this is better than that match in my opinion. Uh, I guess if you agree or disagree with if you agree with that, then that kind of already gives away where you're going to go with it. Mm-hmm. But I thought this match was phenomenal, with one uh, big asterisk next to it. And what is that asterisk? It's I similar to have- it's similar to the recent um, discussions over how highly do you praise the uh, tendencies for Tetsuya Naito and Kota Ibushi to try to kill themselves or at least each other. Yeah during their matches because this match has maybe four or five moments where I made a note about a head drop. Like mm-hmm. someone hitting a release German suplex or um, a, a backdrop suplex or, or Yeah, those
1: are the main two that I can think of. Um Kawada is the giver of the German suplex one where basically literally spikes Misawa into mm-hmm. the ground. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the rotation when he receives a back suplex, I think, from Misawa... Well, that's the uh, thing.
0: It's the receivers that are ultimately putting themselves in danger with how they're choosing to rotate off of those moves. Yeah. Because we've seen them do these suplexes in the previous years where they've done, you know, high angles, so they're landing mostly on their shoulders and neck, or preferably, you know, on on, on mostly their back. But now they're deliberately rotating themselves... To try and make it look like they hit their heads without hitting their heads. But if they hit their heads, well, that's just the way it is. Yes. yeah, and it's, uh... and it's starting to get worrying to watch. And, and, yeah. and, and um, disassociating Lucky. yourself from the match itself because you're just nervous about what they're doing to themselves. And obviously with how Masawa's life ended... You can't <clears throat> not think of that it's like when you see any Chris Benoit match and you see him take some heavy shot to the head or anything like that,
1: yeah, or you just look at um what happened to uh, well, what happened to Brett mm. towards the end of what well, what ended his career in the ring,
0: Mm. and then
1: his health after that.
0: Well, yeah, just now now when you look at any unprotected headshots, with the benefit of hindsight, knowing now what we do about the severity of concussions.
1: Yeah, the Mankind Rock uh, I Quit match is obviously the most
0: unsettling example. I've always said any time I see Bubba Ray Dudley taking a chair shot to the head, it it makes me shudder a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, But I kind of want to get back to just how good a match this is. This is an amazing match. Uh, Akiyama completely um, steps up to his role now in these matches. I don't think he's as good as Kabashi... No, but I don't think it's it's not even that important because he keeps up. He's it's like what Tawei's had to do. He's had to keep up with the yeah. intensity of these matches. And also, I will say, I think this just like how we said with that giant Baba six man tag match that that may have been um, um, our final match with uh, the Shit House Fushi. That yeah. was maybe his man-of-the-match performance. I thought Taue really stuck out as the man-of-the-match in this uh, one. This is mm. my favourite Tawei performance, I think, in the whole run of matches we've watched.
1: Okay. What was it about Tao uh performance that drew you to it? Because I don't have him down as my... Well, I I, I get that, obviously, was quite important in the match, but I, I thought... Um, maybe because I'm looking out for him more, because he's the young... Upstart. Mm. I thought Akiyama had a really good performance in this match. Well, I
0: think it just seemed like the, the the story of this match was that Tawei was the, almost the calming influence of Kawada, and he mm. sort of helped Kawada out of certain uh, stressful situations. And he's the one that hits the key move of the match, which is yeah. when he hits Akiyama with the don don from the apron to the outside. Mm. But he also at various points um, like. He, he looks like a. I just made a note that he looks like a killer in this match. He like a roll. He does some great roll throughs of suplex attempts. Yeah, you know, real attempts needs for agility for for a guy that size who's not necessarily going to be as agile um... as others. But he's like he's dodging things. He's he, he rolls Kawada in at one point for a tag. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's like some like in a way. It's how the match itself is structured that this is like Tau-A is the star of the match to mm. me so obviously that's just him fulfilling the duty that was prearranged within it but he's just he's he's doing he does some great he does that he actually takes fushi's old role of like standing on um on misawa's Masa- face yeah and really playing up that that thing and he's just he's hitting the slaps he's hitting um he's hitting the suplexes as well
1: yeah and I just, he's um Jumping big boot as well is mm. particularly like lo- nasty looking in this. It, that looks like incredible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To me, I just like, I just thought in this match, tawei was the star of it in that he was mm. like, he was the one that was kind of keeping their team in it at various points. Like there's a moment when, um, Masawa takes Tawei out with a, a, suicide dive and the crowd volume noticeably goes up because they know that this means that Kawada's in a, in a weakened position. And this is yeah. their chance. Just as when uh, Tauai hits the Don Don on Akiyama, then the crowd gets really uh, hyped because Masao is essentially isolated at this point. Yes, game, yeah. And they just go to work on him. Again, yeah. it's, it's, it's one that... Akiyama isn't, like, picked on and bullied because he's a weak link. In many ways, they, they try to take him out so that that allows them to soften Masao in a yeah. two-on-one environment, more than they you, they might have had when it was Kabashi, or they they were able to get when Kabashi had the injured leg in our you know our favorite tag team match so far.
1: Yeah, he um yeah, I think they just want to get the energy of Akiyama out the way. I think that's that's how it comes across to me because uh, he's the youngest um, in the ring. So get that you get that get the energy energetic guy out the way. You can slow the match down, and you've got the two-on-one. It's like a twofa. Yeah. kind of situation.
0: And again, how it opens is Akiyama being pointed out to be an equal to Kawada and Tawe, Like, he wins the mm. opening strike exchange with Kawada. Um, Which is no
1: mean, mean feat, the way he, Kawada is portrayed strike-wise.
0: But also, uh, like I said, Akiyama's doing that crazy idea of actually trying to duck some moves. Yeah. But yeah, they try to they try to isolate Akiyama early on, and he just will not be bullied. And it's Masawa that ends up... Um, getting beaten up um more so than akiyama really throughout the course of the mm. match uh but Masao is just his usual self he's just fantastic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are
1: he um yeah there's like uh, what there's a little detail I loved about him is when um, akiyamas in the ring at the start of the match Masao's is just um, always on his toes trying to keep warm you know mm. he's just always thinking like whereas yeah. On the flip- other side of the ring, you had Tawe just standing there, just staring into the ring.
0: Yeah, well there's a moment when uh, Kawada's going for a backdrop, and Masawa's like half going in, half going out, because Akiyama's mm. blocking it, and he's not sure which way to go, and then at that moment Tawe spots Masawa considering it, and so he gets in the ring and protects him, like that classic spot we were loving in those um, uh, Super Generation Army against Jumbo's Army uh, six-man tag bit moments. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, just, like, the team working collectively and just strategizing and seeing what's happening. And it's obvious that like, the team... What, what Kawada and Tawei want to do is hit, hit Tawei's don-don to the outside because he attempts to do that on Masao at an earlier point in the match.
1: Yeah, and um, Akiyama grabs hold of his leg at that point. Yeah,
0: try... yeah and I, I think Akiyama had been beaten up at that point for a while, or is it the other one? One of, uh, one of the points when he attempts the don-don...
1: No, it is that one. Akiyama has been like grounded and has just been on the outside of the ring for quite some time. Then he just pops up.
0: Yeah, you're kind of wondering what's stopping him from doing the move, and then you realise that Akiyama's there holding his foot back, foot clutching down.
1: onto it for like dear life. Mm.
0: But yeah, the, the height and sense of like like the finishing straight must go on for about you no know, ten minutes or so, where it's just constant excitement as to whether it's going to be without it getting into the realm of ridiculousness either. There's yeah. Like, there's like two like I, I, when I'm when it's a long when it's a, a close kick out I make a note of like two point nine. Yeah. And so I've got one, two, three, four, five two point nine counts with a kick out, and a couple of them were actual saves when they yeah the, when the Tawei does the don don with the high then a high angle power bomb. Uh, yeah. That, that gets a 2.9. Uh, that gets a really long two count. But yeah, just like I said, the, the, the action's incredible. The 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 tension of whether Masao will be able to hold off long enough, whether Akiyama will be able to save him. It's almost like a constant prolonging, almost delaying the inevitable within with the last... Like kind of whenever... After the Dondons hit, it is yeah. this case of can they finish... And also, I guess you've got that time limit in the back of your mind because it does have a 30-minute time limit because it's the world's strongest tag league match. So, hmm. And like I said, I think how it worked at that point was that Masao and Akiyama would win if they were able to hold on for the 30 minutes.
1: Yeah, they can play a bit more defence.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's um, one of my favourite moments, Don wise uh, and uh, the smoothness of the transition is... Is in the is in the last stretch where kawada has gone to try and power bomb uh, Misawa. Mm. Misawa counters counters with a back body drop, and yes. as soon as he gets like, as soon as he stops from like bending over to getting like fully vertical, <laughs> Taiwei's hand is on his throat yeah. straight away, and yeah, I had, I had him into that as well, Yeah,
0: and just the tension of that power bomb that he's you can you get the sense that Kawada's pulling every single morsel of strength within him. To try and get Masawa up for the powerbomb, and similarly, Masawa is doing everything that he can to block the move, yeah, as long as he can.
1: He wants it. He really wants it. It's like it, it's, it's like almost like um, Moby Dick and Captain Ahab. He will just stop at nothing to that get it. That is
0: true, actually. The the Masawa is Kawada's white whale, and like we say in the previous match that we did say was the best of the year. Uh, we did say it's one of the best ever, uh, maybe the best ever tag team match with Kabashi, We did say that that was like Kawada getting his first pinfall. It's always a qualified victory, you know. Yeah. Um, shall we get to the finish in this? Yeah, that's so Kawada does hit the power bomb. Uh, Tawei's holding on to Akiyama, and he's able Misawa's able to kick out what I put down as two point nine nine. So Kawada, but it's still the sense that Misawa is so severely weakened. So Kawada. Hits the Enziguri on Jun Akiyama, which takes Akiyama out. Hits another powerbomb on Masawa, and that's the three count. So Kawada gets another pinfall, and this one has slightly less of a stink... You know, less of a taint to it, because you know, uh, Masao, it was in a tag team environment and no one had an advantage going in really like they did in the previous one where Kabashi's leg was screwed. But mm. it was, it's still that, you can pit him in a tag match, okay. Well, Kawada and Tawe are kind of the, the the ones with the advantage at this stage because of Akiyama's relative inexperience compared to Kabashi. Yeah,
1: and, so and also still... their experience as a team compared to the yeah. amount of time that Misawa and Akiyama have
0: been a team. But the idea is that Kawada's getting closer. Yes. He's getting closer and closer and closer, and this is a big win for him, but it's not the ultimate win.
1: Mm. I get what you mean. And obviously, because there's a tournament uh, prize at stake as well, just like the the relief more than anything when, when the job's done.
0: Well, yeah, this is a month-long run that will have, you know... They've already had a match similar to this with them as well as other matches with Williams and Ace and I'm sure Stan Hansen and both of them a couple of times. Yeah. He got his licks in.
1: Of course, well, you know, when you can't aim properly and just swing for the sake of it.
0: So, yeah, I don't have much more left to say about this match other than it's really, 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 really good. Do you have any hmm. other notes?
1: Um, no, I think we've pretty much hit um, all the all spots all the boxes on this one mm. it's um
0: i think there are a lot of beautiful roll throughs of suplex attempts i always yeah. say you know like i still think the gold standard for that is when eddie guerrero rolled through the rocks rock bottom but yeah the, like maybe this is where he got the idea from i don't know but mm. that just sort of twisting of the hips in midair and adjusting your weight and everything yeah it How, like, looks so smooth it's all fluid there's no mm. like
1: awkwardness from any of them Mm. So, would you give this match five stars?
0: Yes, I would give it five stars. But my my two notes are five stars, almost as good as the Kibashi Kawada, the uh, Masawa Kawada Tawei match, mm. but too many head drops, and that's the alarming. And I do wonder as we're you know we we're, we're coming towards like the last few All Japan matches to get five stars. There's one, yes. two, three, four, five, five. Five more All Japan matches spanning ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine. So it was obvious that it was starting to become diminishing returns for Meltzer as well. And I wonder if it's because they become increasingly reliant on the the, the dangerous moves, yeah, as opposed to the emotional story threads that they and, have, and the just the displays of athleticism and mm. endurance that they're kind of not cheating because they're doing things that are more risky, but they're Losing they're the taking the shortcuts. Trees. I don't even know if it's shortcuts. I think they think they're pushing themselves further, but it's like a short-termist outlook, yeah, as opposed to long-term games.
1: Okay, okay, games.
0: I, yeah.
1: I see where you're coming from there.
0: Also, um, I thought uh, it was very nice that they wished us Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.
1: Yeah, well, of course, that's that's always a lovely touch. <laughs> You half expect to see like Giant Baba dressed as Santa, but <laughs> maybe that's just in my uh, wish list that I'm not going to get.
0: And how about you, Simon? Are you going to give this one five stars?
1: No. What? Um.
0: I thought this was better than all but that one. Kabashi tag. Uh, uh, Kawada. Kiba, uh, I think it's
1: a Kibashi. very. I think it's a very good match. Um. I just. It was all executed fine. It just didn't seem to have that that spark, that
0: I disagree entirely. X factor for I me. I disagree entirely with that. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean it was fine. I, I, I don't know if it's oversaturation. Um that's like influencing my decision somewhat. I have had that debate. Um, Since watching the match Whatever that's the reason I just So
0: you think if you'd watched this before Nearly all the Masawa Kabashi Kawada Tawei matches For whatever reason you're watching it in the wrong Chronological order You might Mm. have said this was 5 stars And then a later Kabashi involved tag match You might have said this isn't 5 stars
1: I think there's a possibility That that could could be the case Well that renders
0: your opinion null and void (laughs) You must review everything in a vacuum But also be aware of everything that surrounds it (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I try my best too. Um, obviously, in previous episodes, I've said I try and view things in isolation, but it just didn't carry through for me. I think it was just a very finely executed match, but again, that ethereal X factor just didn't hit. Mainly because X Pack wasn't in the match. But there you mm. go.
0: Or, or just incredible, or Prince Albert. Yeah. Well. I have to disagree with you heavily. This is my second favourite tag team match of all the ones we've watched so far. Mm. Um, and it, I imagine there's a decent chance he'll be in my top ten for the, rest of the, for the, next, ser- for the next debrief. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But if people want to get in touch with you, Simon, and say, you're right, Liam's Larkin's wrong, or whoever that other guy is, <laughs> how can they do so?
1: Uh, people can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Uh, free for the number of times uh, in this match I saw a head drop and thought that guy's going to end up in a wheelchair.
0: My name's Lorcan Mullen. That's L O R C A N M U L L A for alter ego, N for new identity. That's uh, my email address if you put an at gmail.com at the end of it. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, uh, letterboxed, all the other things. If you want to get in touch with the show, it's lmtyspod at gmail.com. If you want to read my book about my life as a fan of professional wrestling, then go on to Amazon and get yourself a copy of the ebook, Confessions of a Smart Wrestling Fan. Uh, our next episode, Simon, is gonna be a big one. An yeah. important one. Yeah. One of the most important matches in modern wrestling. Maybe the most important match in modern wrestling. And only the third match to be produced by the WWF, as it was then, that Dave Meltzer has given five stars. What are we talking about, Simon?
1: We're talking about the iconic WrestleMania 13 match between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret the Hitman Hart in a submission-only match.
0: Well, that's something for everyone to get excited about. But until then, all that's left to say is, my name's Lorcan Mullin. My name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time.